0: You may be seated for just a moment. I am, just want to say right off the bat that I am so grateful to be here with you tonight in this great church, and uh, this is certainly an honor for us, and uh, so thank you to your pastors for giving us this opportunity, and uh, I am um, I'm overwhelmed tonight to be in this great Uh, Sanctuary with all of you and uh, so thank you for coming. I appreciate it so very much and tonight I have with me uh, My lovely wife miss Teresa. She is the administrative pastor of uh, faith point ministries And then she is the campus pastor of our second location We have our main campuses in Lexington on Sunday mornings, and then she has church in Maysville on Sunday nights and she's also the director of the School of Ministry for the Pentecostal Church of God, the organization we're a part of. And uh, she's walked 15 ministers into their credentials in the last six months. And uh, so uh, stand up and let everybody see how beautiful you are. Talk about marrying way up. Amen. This year we've been married 30 years in August. Yes. Or as she likes to say, 30 long years, but that's what she says. And uh, uh, we have two sons, adult sons are both married and we have one granddaughter, five years old, Reagan, blonde hair, blue eyed, beauty. And uh, that's uh, all your grandparents now know that the reason why you have kids is so you get grandchildren, amen. And for those of you that don't have grandchildren yet, and you're wondering why you ever had kids, just hold on. It will get better. Amen. And uh, so I thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to be here. Let me do a commercial right real quick at the product table tonight. I had my first new book come out this year. It's called Eyes Wide Open, and uh, this is a... Uh, a Powerful book not because I wrote it, but it's just full of scripture. It talks about having the power of clear spiritual vision I have said many times my greatest enemy is not Satan because Jesus already took care of him at Calvary But my greatest enemy is a guy I look at in the mirror every morning when I brush my teeth And so I took the six shortest verses in the Bible and did this teaching series about having your spiritual eyes wide open and so if I know how to rejoice Evermore and pray without ceasing and everything give thanks Despise not prophecy if I do that then I'll be a spiritual powerhouse that the devil won't even try to bother me because I'll always have my spiritual eyes wide open So that's available tonight. You're taking care of me. Is that right? And so that's out there tonight There is a six-week teaching series. that goes along with this book also called eyes wide open and there's some other teaching series out there and uh, so uh normally we have people that come and they set up a table and they have prices and stuff but those people all had to work or their home taking care of our church tonight so when I run the table we do bargains so 15 bucks a piece and if people want combos just go nuts all right so you all know Marge right so I don't know her but you know her so just work her over and she'll give you a handful of goodies for a little bit of nothing is that okay Amen. I just want to say thank you again, Pastor, so much for letting us be here tonight. And this is my gift to you. Thank you so much. And now you don't have to steal it or go, go aggravate Marge. And uh that's the teaching series that goes with that book. And uh this I know. Four things that four foundational truths that people know. Jesus is the risen Savior. The church has the keys to raise hell, R-A-Z-E. Uh, and then living a spirit filled life and then the last one share that with somebody that uh, needs to know that there's more to life than just here I will stand before God anybody that's not saved. They need to hear that if they don't get saved over that then there's something wrong with them All right, that's the end of the commercial. Let's let the church say amen Let's stand if you would please you didn't come to hear me. yap. You did come to hear me preach I'm not used to preaching in a sanctuary this of this size. We have two hundred people in our church and and uh so uh I'll be honest with you, I'm scared half to death right now. <laughs> so Teresa's been trying to pump me up all the way up here and I keep wanting to stop by the road and throw up and she kept saying, You'll be all right. I'm a nervous wreck. So help me Jesus. I'm so out of my element tonight. I am the least among you. But I have been praying and I feel like I've got a word for tonight I'm sorry I'm an old sap I'm sorry I cried a good commercial so (laughs) but I've been praying and I've been seeking God and I believe I have a word tonight and so I came to preach to you and uh, If I could and thank you again pastor. Just thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, baby for being with me tonight Um, Let's go to Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 for the first Verse of our text and then we're going to go to John 11 for just a few minutes I am not known to be long-winded. I won't be before you very long Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse number 4 you've heard this before the Bible says where the word of a king is there is power And who may say unto him, what doest thou? And if I could put that in the Terry Lewis version, let me say it like this. Where the word of a king is, there's power. And who will say, what are you doing? All right, y'all got that? Now, let's go all the way to the book of John, chapter 11. A very familiar story. I will go quickly. Everybody here probably knows the story of Lazarus. Being raised from the dead So we'll go real quick John eleven 32. We'll go all the way to there John eleven thirty two. When Mary was come where Jesus was And saw him She fell down at his feet Saying unto him Lord if you would have been here My brother would not have died When Jesus saw her weeping And the Jews were weeping Which came with her He groaned in the spirit And was troubled And he said Where have you laid him? And they said unto him Lord come and see And Jesus wept And the Jews said behold how he loved him Some of them said could not this man which opened the blinded eyes Have caused even this man should not have died Jesus again groaned in himself And he came to the grave It was a cave and a stone lay on it And Jesus said take away the stone And Martha the sister of him that was dead Said Lord by this time he stinks Because he's been dead four days Jesus said, said not unto thee that if thou wouldest believe, you will see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me and I know that you hear me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that you have sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. His face was bound with a napkin and Jesus said unto him, loose him and let him go. Would you say amen to the word? Just remain standing for just a moment. Father, I just thank you tonight. I honor you for the privilege that I have to stand in this great pulpit. And uh, Lord, I need your help tonight. Would you just enable me to articulate what the Spirit would say? Let me not, let nothing come out of my mouth that is not ordained by the Holy Ghost. Let this be a night where our faith is elevated to a level that it has never been before. And I pray desperately for your help in this place. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. amen. Now before you're seated, uh, I, tonight I want to talk about where the word of a king is, God's glory is revealed. And uh, and then if I can just do a subtitle of that, mess of this, I think I'd like to say... Uh, I want to talk about the devil is in the details. That's what I want to talk about tonight. Now, my wife is here. She will tell you that I am an audience participation preacher. And what that means is is that the more you say amen and hallelujah and preach, brother, preach, the, the more excited I get. And when I get excited, I go fast. I talk fast so at my church they shout amen hallelujah high fives they throw babies up in the air they just go nuts not because i'm a great preacher they're just trying to beat the baptist or cracker barrel that's what they do and so i'm man i'm done in 20 minutes because i'm thinking i'm doing great so before you're seated look at your neighbor and say help that brother preach here we go where the word of a king is you may be seated where the word of a king is God's glory is revealed and I want to subtitle this there's the devil in the details and I am not the kind of guy that spends valuable pulpit time preaching on Satan. Uh, so take that term for what it is some of you older people have heard that the devil's in the details and what that really means is this. The devil in the details is an expression meaning that something seems simple at first until you start looking at the details. and it Then it becomes much more complicated than what you expected. And wherever my sound guy is, if you can give me some anointing on this monitor, I would appreciate that. Now, let, let me just give you a quote that I read a while back from a Jewish rabbi named Yehuda Berg. I probably messed up his name, I'm sorry. But he said this, and I quote, Words are singularly the most powerful force available to humanity. We can choose to use this force constructively with words of encouragement or destructively with using words of despair. Words have energy and power with the ability to help, to heal, to hinder, to hurt, to harm, to humiliate and to humble. End of quote. And here's my quote. Whether spoken by man or by God, nothing wields the power of a spoken word. Let the church say amen. Can I preach for just a couple of minutes? Jesus said, take away the stone. Now this follows a very very peculiar action by Christ because he did not respond to Lazarus' need when he was sick. He did not respond when Lazarus died. He did not go to the funeral. And all of this is coming from a man that the Bible says in John 11 and 5 that Jesus loved Lazarus and Mary and Martha. But the Bible shows us here, and, and, and see, we know the whole story, so we know how this thing ends. But but, but if we could just uh, just. Move that for just a second assuming that I don't know the whole story Then I would have to say one thing based on what we know to this point Jesus was not moved by sympathy but he was moved by the Holy Ghost Amen And when he did show up Jesus gave an action command And I submit to you that every faith moment has an action element in it now, why is that important to say? Because three times in the book of uh, in, in three times in the second chapter of James, the Bible says that faith without works is dead. Every time you need a miracle, there will be some kind of an action element tied to your faith. The action element shows your obedience to the God that you trust, who has the power to do the miracle. God does not need you to do anything, but he does require you to do something. We've, we do not receive from God without doing something. And that's the thing that separates faith from hope. Hope hope is me sitting here with a desire for something to happen but faith says that i know it's already done so i begin to act accordingly even though it has not happened yet am i, am I doing all right so far All right, let's move on just a little bit. And and, and if you think about it, the Bible's just full of seeing faith in action, that there was an action element to the faith moment. If you go to the book of Hebrews 11, by faith, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham moved out of his homeland. By faith, Moses stretched the rod out over the sea. By faith, the Israelites marched around the walls of Jericho. By faith, Rahab hung a red cord out the window By faith Gideon went to battle with 300 soldiers And then you propel us into the New Testament By faith And he knows that there's an action element By faith even to get saved Because I have to believe that Jesus Christ is my Savior But I also have to confess with my mouth Because if I don't ever say it it ain't going to happen come on somebody by faith you know we, we, we know that we are saved by grace through faith but that's why we have water baptism because that water baptism is my action element that shows my belief in the death burial, and resurrection the baptism of the Holy Ghost there's an action element to that because Acts 2 says that they be that they spoke with tongues as the spirit gave them the utterance come on somebody and so there's an action element to everything there's an action element in faith because Jesus said that you have to speak to the mountain I believe the mountain's got to go but I've got to talk to that thing or it's going to stay there Come on, listen, oh, pastor, I believe. Yeah, the Bible says devils believe, but it's when I begin to speak the word because there's nothing more that that wields more power than the spoken word. Are y'all praying for me tonight? So when Jesus said, roll away the stone, there was an expectation of an action element, but that's not what happened because Martha said, oh, no, honey, hold on just a minute. When Jesus said, roll away the stone, the the disciples begin to back up. Uh, Are y'all looking at me weird now? Come on, it it ain't going to get no better than this, so let's just have church, all right? It's the best you're going to get. I'm doing my best I can right now. Look at your neighbor and say, I told you to help that boy preach. When Jesus said, roll away the stone, the, the sister said, no, you can't do that because he's been dead four days. They understood that when you have a dead body in a, In a cave in a desert environment, that four days it's going to be kind of not pleasant in there, come on somebody. But see, the problem that we focus on here is that we're thinking about decomposition and we're thinking about the odor and we're thinking about the fact that he's been dead four days. Now, I know if a heart stops beating for a minute or five minutes, that person could come back to life because I've watched too many hospital shows on television. I know they bring him back before the next commercial break. Y'all not in this church with me, but after four days, I just don't know how it's going to happen well that's what i want to talk about for just a few moments tonight is the devil is in the details we're busy trying to think how's it going to happen after four days of no heart beating and four days of blood not moving and four days of no oxygen and four days that the body is decomposing and four days of odor and jesus never stopped for one moment to say i don't know how we're going to put back a body that's been dead for four days jesus just walked up and said i am the resurrection and the truth and the life now roll away that stone lazarus get out of there am i doing all right so far Can I go on for just a moment? Jesus said in John 14 and 12, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. The phrase greater works than comes from a Greek word meson, meaning larger, greater, and more. I don't know what's bigger or more than raising a guy from the dead after four days. But that's what Jesus said on, somebody that's what he said so if I th- begin to think about that that's where we get hung up in the I don't know how this is going to happen because our natural mind loves to process the details and that's where the devil loves to operate is in the details do do I have any real people in here I don't know about you but about two o'clock in the morning is when my brain starts going into warp overdrive trying to figure out how we are gonna do this how we gonna work this out. How are we going to pay for this? What's going to happen right here? Come on somebody. So when we if, if we begin to cut out the details then what we can then say is is I don't know how we're going to do that. And the truth of the matter is, is you can't do that. It's my job to speak the word. It's his job to perform what he said that he would do. Oh I feel like preaching up in here now. The foundation of every action element Is speaking the word Your job is to speak it And believe it And to say so It's his job to make it come to pass Any obedient act In that faith element Will be brought to your attention By the Holy Ghost Whatever he tells you to do You just do it And then stand back And watch the glory revealed In that place Clap your hands and give him praise In this church I know I'm probably blowing somebody's wig off right now, but if you could put me some anointing right here on this monitor, I'd appreciate it. Now, if you go back to the text, verse number 39, the word said, roll away the stone. The details said, he stinks. But Jesus said in verse 40, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. If you believe... You'll see the glory. Am I preaching all right? I feel like preaching right now. Verse 41 says that they obeyed. See, there is a promised result. To every act of obedience by faith They obeyed Verse 41 They rolled away the stone Verse 42 Jesus prayed the prayer of faith Which came straight out of Mark eleven twenty-four, 24 Which is on your wife's desk Whatsoever things you desire Believe That whatsoever things you desire When you pray Believe that you receive them And you shall have them The difference between believing And receiving And just making pronouncements of hope and just, and, and just hoping that something's going to happen lies in this one thing. You have to pray. There has to be an open line of communication. There's a whole chapter in my book. There's a commercial. There's a whole chapter in my book about an open line of communication. Jesus prayed. If Jesus prayed big boy I know I have to pray come on, Jesus prayed before he told Lazarus to get up and, and all of this about naming and claim it, I believe in that blab it and grab it, I believe in that too but if there's not a prayer element where I have an open line of communication between me and God to where my spirit man is sensitive to the leadership and the voice of the Holy Ghost I promise you I will not see the promises of God come on and help me preach somebody that's what separates churches where miracles don't happen and where flesh Is on display and churches like this where miracles happen is because there's an altar where people are encouraged to pray. Is this all right? Is this all right? Pray, pray without ceasing. Pray, pray, pray when you feel like it. Pray when you don't feel like it. As a matter of fact, when you don't feel like it, that's when you really need to pray the most. preaching to somebody right now I don't feel like praying that's when you really need to pray I don't feel like going to church that's when you better get here I don't feel like worshiping God tonight that's when you do the sacrifice of pray. Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross, but he did. Jesus didn't feel like spending a night in the Garden of Gethsemane, but he did because he understood in that moment as the Spirit drew him to that place that it was more important to listen to the voice of God than to listen to the desires of flesh. And that's where you learn to pray because prayer is what deals with that situation in our life. I got to go on. All right, is it time to go yet? That was your chance. Pray. Back to the text. We have the word. We have the devil in the details. We have obedience. We have prayer. Now, verse 43, here we go. Jesus speaks the word of faith when he said, Lazarus, come forth. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't know about y'all, but uh, there's a little bit of a pride element in me and i know how my mind works because now y'all not going to relate to this i'm just going to talk about myself because when i'm sitting there and i'm getting ready to say lazarus come forth my mind is going to say well what if he don't people are going to talk about you they're going to call you a false prophet ain't no real people on this side let me try over here for just a minute <laughs> you better be careful You know what people are going to say. You lose your job. They'll vote you out. Come on, somebody. Jesus never spent any time on the detail of what if this don't happen. Jesus showed up because he had a word from the Spirit that said, Go tell Lazarus, get up. Come on. Some of us need to go home and start talking to our kids. You are saved. I know they've been drinking. I know they've been running around. I know they've been smoking dope, but that's not what God promised me. God promised me if I would bring up my children in the way they should go, when they get old, they won't depart from it. So I just need to speak a thing. Some of y'all need to go home and look at that stack of bills on your desk and start saying, in the name of Jesus, God is my provider. I am a faithful tither. The windows of heaven have to open. I rebuke the devourer for my sake because my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. How are you going to pay those bills? You don't even have a job right now because you speak a thing. Look at your neighbor and say, speak a thing. No, I didn't say, speak a thing. That's three words. I said one word, speak a thing. Put an A in at the end. Act like you're from Kentucky, like I am. Speak a thing. Yes, speak a thing. I command money comes back into my home I command, I command peace comes back into my marriage I command healing come into my body I command blood pressure to go back to normal I command cancer cells have got to go and I'm not going to sit there and wonder what hypocritical church folk are going to say about me I have a word from God and I can speak a thing I wish you'd give your neighbor a high five right now and say speak a thing honey The glory, i got to move on. Am I doing all right? Honey, is this okay? The glory of God manifested in your miracle supersedes any detail the devil throws your way. The devil knows he can't move your faith because faith is implanted in you, in your spirit, man. Come on. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Faith is implanted into my spirit. The devil can't touch that. That's why he tries to bring the details into your mind. He knows if he can get you to focus on the details, you'll be reluctant to speak the word. If, you'll be, if you focus on the details, then there won't be an action element by faith. But obedience says, I don't focus on the fact that I uh, don't have a job right now. Obedience says, I'm going to bring my tithe and offering. If I have to tithe off of unemployment and welfare and get nothing now, I will be obedient. See, details say, I don't know why you'd go to the altar tonight. You've been drunk for years. Or insert whatever sin. I know I'm preaching to church folk tonight. Just stay with me. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to help you somebody here. You know you can't quit lying. You know you can't quit running around. You know you can't quit using drugs. You know you can't quit drinking. You know you've been in detox. You've been in jail. You know this. You know that. And the mind gets focused on the details. But see, the... Faith says if I come to the altar and I confess with my mouth, Romans 10, and I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, I shall be saved. I don't care how many times you've been in detox. When the Lord saves you, it'll change your life. Obedience. Faith says... I've been to the doctor, I've been to the specialist, they can't help me, why would I go up there and let somebody pray for me when they've said stage four cancer, when they've said six months to live, when they've said you'll have to take medicine the rest of your life. But see, obedience says, the Bible says, whoo, almost caught it, obedience says, uh, if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church, let them know them with oil, pray the prayer of faith, you shall be healed. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. If you don't have an elder to pray for, you pray for yourself. Get some olive oil out and anoint your own head. You don't have any olive oil, then use some Crisco. Or for those of you on a diet, what's that stuff they sprayed now? Pam. Put some Pam on your head. Five people got offended. Come on, say with me now. Spray some pan right there and say, In the name of Jesus, you shall live and not die. It's not about the oil, honey. It's about you believing in a God that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think and then speak a thing. I feel like I'm at home. I'm sorry. When Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus, got to, got to to class this up a little bit. When Jesus came to the tomb of Lazarus, he never said things like, well, how did he die? Did he go easy? Did he pass peaceful? I ain't getting no help. I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come on. Come on. Did y'all have enough money for the funeral? Do we need to take up an offering? Who made them chicken and dumplings, honey? Them was good. He didn't have any discussion like that. Jesus walked up and said, where's he at? Is this making sense? Am I making sense? He didn't spend any time talking about the details of Lazarus' death. He simply walked up and said, where is he? And we've got some church folk that are offended here because Sister Martha, Mary, walks up and said, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. I know you can't read that in King James, so I'm just bringing it real right now because I've been pastoring for 30 years. I know how church folk are. Ain't no church folk in here. I'm I'm talking about people in Lexington. All right, are y'all with me? I'm not talking about anybody in Ohio because all y'all sanctified. I'm talking about them Hypocrites in Lexington, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. And by the way, I'm changing churches. You can't come to my brother's funeral, then don't be expecting no more tithe from me. I tithe all the time. No, you don't, but that's a whole other thing anyway. Not unless you live on $50 a week, you don't tithe, but that's beside the point. But she comes, she's ready, brother. If you'd have been here, my brother would not have died. Where's he at? And he goes over, and he does have compassion. He weeps. He is sorrowful for the situation, but he never gets hung up on the details. He spends no time conversing with them except to say one thing. He said, let me tell you something, sis. I have already told you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. The next time somebody tries to come along in your life and try to get you to discuss all the details about how we're going to do it, how we're going to afford it, how we're going to make it, how's this going to work out, all you need to say, if you'll just believe the word, God will reveal himself. God will reveal himself in this situation. And Jesus said, roll away the stone. Disciples are holding their nose. Sisters are saying, Hold on, hold on, hold on. And Jesus said, Get the stone out of the way. And then Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. That's been dramatized a hundred times by a hundred great preachers, and I'm not one of them, and I'm not going to waste your time with it. Jesus simply said, Lazarus, come forth. And he did. And Jesus did not expect anything else but that. Am I doing all right? Can I have four more minutes, give or take? Now, that's not really four minutes. That's like suggested retail price. It's just just something to go by, all right? Now, I'm I'm getting there. Now, we find ourselves in the position of trying to figure it out, trying to work it out, trying to straighten it out, trying to fight it out trying to whatever it out. And really, all of that is an exercise in unbelief. Come on. I'm not done yet. We're just getting there. I'm just catching my breath right now. Every time that there is a pull to a new level of faith, it's the voice of the Holy Ghost trying to speak to you. And our challenge is, is every time the Holy Ghost tries to pull us forward, we really don't want to hear it. Now, we say we do, but we don't because we're hung up on the details. Can I, can I out right here for just a minute? That's an old hillbilly term for good preaching. Here we go. The Holy Ghost is trying to get you out of the verge of bankruptcy. But I'm busy trying to figure out how to pay my bills and so i won't give because i can't afford it the holy ghost is trying to get you to speak the word of faith and belief for your healing but i really can't do that because i'm busy google searching on web md for all of my symptoms there are no real people in this church whatsoever come on look at your neighbor and say help that boy preach he's preaching on you right now come on come on The Holy Ghost is trying to get you to a place of freedom and forgiveness, but you're still focused on why you're mad at him. And you can't let that go because you know the things he did and the things he said and what they've been talking about you, and you're busy holding on to a grudge and an offense instead of getting deliverance from that detail in your life. For some of you, the Holy Ghost is busy trying to pull you into being a kingdom builder and you're busy telling god why you're not the right person for the job am i preaching all right am i doing all right i got two or three helping me right here come on see here's the thing if prayer is the transaction then faith is the currency and faith then will bring to me, the, the things that I don't have the ability to get on my own. As a matter of fact, Romans 4:17, all y'all know that the Bible says that he called those things that be not as though they were. I mean, church people made fun of Abraham for saying, I'm gonna be a daddy when he was 85. Come on, somebody. What did Jesus say? Mark 9:23, with God all things are possible to him that believes can I have three more minutes that was the first one of the four All right, here we go I can't tell time Jesus said in Luke 6 45 I'm going to help you right here we're done a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth that which is evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks how does the good come out it is spoken Put that back up there. Out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. So if I want good things to come out, I've got to say it. Do you all remember when you were in school growing up and somebody would call you names? And I was called all the names. I was not popular. I was called, you know, fatty, fatty, two before four and four eyes. I used to wear big, thick glasses and people called me all kinds of names and They always picked me last in sports. I hated that. I hated sports. I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn with a big stick, and I couldn't, and they would always pick me last. Y'all remember how they used to do that, and you're standing there last, and neither side wants you. Now, some of of y'all don't relate because you were all athletic and stuff. I'm talking about us real people. I hated that. And they'd make fun of us and call us names, you know, the not popular. We were, I was raised poor. We lived 20 miles from nowhere out in the sticks. I'm from eastern Kentucky, and I was not popular, and we didn't have nice clothes. I mean, we were clean, but, you know, we were, we were not the in-town kids. I'm, I'm not sure that's the way it is in Ohio, but where I come from, you had the town kids and you had the country kids. And I was not popular I was one of the country kids And we went to Pentecostal church And back then Pentecostal was not popular like it is now So they called us holy rollers And tongue talkers And all that kind of stuff and, and, uh, But you know when they make fun of you You know we always had that one little weapon When we couldn't take it anymore We'd always look back at it and say Well what you say is what you are And that's how you got back at them For calling you names How many knows that when we said that We were actually preaching the Bible What you say is what you are I said what you say is what you are whatever comes out of your mouth that's what you are when you say i am blessed you're blessed when you say i am healed then you are healed when you say i am rich then you come on now hallelujah let the let the weak say i'm strong let the poor say, I'm rich. Let the sick say, whatever you're believing for, it has to come out of there. And so if I will take time to put deposits into the spirit man, then I can make withdrawals on the things that will bring blessing to my life. Because James 1.17 said, every good gift and every perfect gift comes from him and he brings it down. But just because good things come down, that doesn't mean that the good comes into me by some kind of a spiritual osmosis. It means that I have got to receive that word in my heart. Is that right? Here we go for the conclusion. Musicians are coming. We're done. Almost. Therefore, I'm trying to be helpful. James said, in chapter 3 verse 13 who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom Because if you have bitter envy and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom didn't come from above. It is earthly and sensual and devilish. For where envy and strife is, there's confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable and gentle, easy to be entreated. That means persuaded of good things, full of mercy and good fruits, no partiality, no hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in in peace of them that make peace. So how do I make peace? Well, I have to say it. What makes two nations go to war? There's a declaration of war. What takes two nations that were at war and bring them to peace? There is a peace treaty. Somebody has to say it. Somebody has to say, we ain't fighting no more. Come on, church. Can I break that down a little bit farther? Somebody has to say, the confusion stops here. Somebody has to say, not my kids, not my marriage not my bank account, not my church, not my pastor. Come on, somebody. You have to say that because what you say is what you get because your future is in your heart. Now, uh, give me some musicians if we got them, singers, whatever. Let's go to Numbers. I'm closing with this. Thank God. We go to Numbers. Numbers. And the Bible says, 12 spies, y'all know this, 12 spies go check out the land. And they come back after they've been spying out the land, and they're in front of Moses and Aaron, all the congregation. And they showed them the fruit of the land, one pot of green sealess grapes carried by two men. It was just wonderful. And the Bible says that they said, oh, it's just wonderful. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. The fruit is amazing. It's beautiful. It even smells good. It's just great. But, got one little detail here. Somebody say details. Got one little detail here. There's a bunch of giants over there, and we look like grasshoppers. And the people were all excited, doing their Holy Ghost dance, praising God. Woo, it's going to be great until they brought out the details, and they're like, Oh, man. We came all this way and then we can't go. And Joshua and Caleb said, Hold it, hold it, hold on a minute. We can go because God said it's ours. Hello? Right? Caleb still the people said, Shh, y'all be quiet. We are well able to go and take it. We are well able to possess it. We're well able to overcome it. Twelve spies. How many many spies gave us a good report? Two. How many spies gave us a bad report? Ten. How many people were in the congregation? Probably over a million. How many people went into the promised land? not a trick question. How many people went in the promised land? Two. You know what that tells me? No matter if a million people tell you it can't be done, if God says it, it's yours. Stand to your feet, clap your hands, and give him praise in this church. Sing whatever you want to sing, sis. A million people can say you're wrong, but if God said it, it's yours. Is that right? Did I help anybody tonight? I hope I did. I hope I did. The devil's in the details. The devil's in the details. Your power is in the spoken word. Speak a thing. Speak a thing. Say it. It's yours. He's done, promised it to you. Amen. I know this is a simple message tonight, and I wish I could have impressed you with my elaborate ability to, to stand on the pulpit, but I feel like I've obeyed God. That's all I can do. I feel like I brought a word. Say it. Where the word of a king is, there is revealed glory. What is it that God has said about your situation? What is it that God has said about your particular situation tonight? I know in a congregation of this size that there are people that have got some things laying in front of you that your mind says there is no way. Now, my wife and I are doing great. Our church is doing great. But personally, she and I have got a situation in our life that there is absolutely nothing else we can do. We have done everything we know to do. But God is more than able. And I would have to tell you the circumstance, and I would not because it's personal about our family. But our mind, our minds would say, there's nothing you need. But with God, All things are possible. So we will continue to speak the word.